This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is seven minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Wednesday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. It is a uh, dreary morning here uh, in the southeast. It is uh, raining, but uh, fortunately it's not snowing and temperatures are in the 50s. So uh, a dreary one here. And uh, uh, hopefully the, uh, the broadcast goes out okay. As you all know, now that I'm down here in the sticks, we are forced to use satellite Internet. I am using HughesNet, uh, which can be affected by, uh, by weather, just like if you have a satellite television like DirecTV or something like that. It is affected by that. So I'm hoping... Uh, that it's not too bad, and uh, uh, we're able to stay on the air. So uh, uh, hopefully uh, we will. If not, by the way, we are taping this. We have a podcast. Uh, we tape our show every day. Uh, so uh, you can catch that on uh, Apple Podcasts, on uh, Amazon Music, on Spotify. You can also find it on Facebook, on our Facebook page. We have a link to our uh, podcast there as well. So if you have trouble uh, getting it in the morning, you can pick up the uh, podcast later on if, God forbid, you want to listen to me later. Don't know why you want to do that, but uh, I appreciate you, those of you that are along for the ride here this morning. Um, so uh, we've got some free agent news uh, out of Major League Baseball yesterday. Uh, we'll get to all that in a minute. Uh, I suppose we probably should start the show this morning uh, congratulating the, uh, the U.S. Senate. <laughs> Why? Because the U.S. Senate actually found something they can agree on. Uh, and I, I can't remember who said it, and it, uh, it may have been Craig Calcaterra, who I read his, uh, uh, his newsletter every morning. It may have been him. Uh, I think he said, uh, uh, I want to make sure I, I, I credit him for this. Uh, he said that the Senate can't agree on whether pizza is delicious or whether oxygen is necessary, but somehow they found a way to agree that we need to make daylight saving time permanent. So I guess uh, congratulations are in order. Um, I'm all for this, by the way. Although I do think this whole crap that we have now of people like making it sound like losing an hour of sleep when we set the clocks forward in the spring is like the worst thing ever. You would think that you would think that you lost an entire day's worth of sleep. You lost an hour. And by the way, you know, stop this crap about oh, you know, I I slogged through the week and it's tough on our kids on Monday morning. They got to go to school and they've lost an hour of sleep. Cut it out. It's an hour of sleep for God's sake. How many of us have stayed up late to watch a a, a football game or a baseball game or a movie or whatever or stayed out late at a party and we've had to go to work the next day? Jesus, you make it sound like you've never had lost an hour of sleep in your life. It's ridiculous. Oh, it takes me two weeks to recover. Cut it out. We're honest to God. We are raising a 
a uh, uh, a generation of wusses. You know, and our kids read this crap and like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. I, I lost an hour of sleep this weekend. And that's the thing. You don't even lose the hour of the day, you know, you're going to school. You lost the hour of sleep Saturday night into Sunday. So you still have Sunday at home. You know what? If you're that worried about losing an hour of sleep, go to bed an hour earlier on Sunday. Cut it out. It's such crap. And then you got... You know, psychologists and people playing into this. Oh, yeah, it's a real thing. It's not a real thing. Just a bunch of wimps. I got other words I'd use for it, but I'm trying to keep things clean. But good Lord. Now, but I'm all for this, and I'll tell you why. It has nothing to do with the sleep. It has to do with the fact that I love it that it is daylight out past 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, now we're in the south, so the sun sets a little bit later down south. But Jesus, up north, when when I lived in New England, that the uh, the sun would go down in the wintertime in December at like you know four fifteen. By four thirty, it's dark. I mean, it's just awful, you know. So to me, uh, I'm all for more daylight. You know, I mean, this is, this whole changing the clocks thing is just crazy. And, of course, we have Arizona that does its own thing, thing anyway. Uh, and uh, <laughs> they, don't, they don't worry about uh, uh, daylight saving time or whatever. They just, they just keep the clocks the same. They stay on mountain time anyway. And it'll be interesting to see if we do go to getting rid of daylight saving time and, and we keep it so that it's the same. Will Arizona actually decide that, well, you know what, maybe we ought to get with the program. Since we're not going to change clocks anymore, we'll just change it to what it is now nationally and and leave it as is. Or are they going to be the one state in the union that's going to be different? Of course, that wouldn't shock me either. I mean, you know, when you see what goes on in the political arena uh, in Arizona, nothing surprises me about Arizona, but uh, hopefully they'll get their act together. But I think this is great, absolutely great. Now it just has to pass the House and the president has to sign it. I don't know why anybody would argue against this. And, again, it has nothing to do with losing an hour of sleep. Just cut, cut that crap out. But I think it would be a great idea. Um, the other thing that's come down from the, uh, the higher-ups, the political arena, has been about now they're saying we need a fourth COVID shot. If you're a senior citizen, they are uh, the Pfizer CEO is recommending another COVID shot. Well, of course he is. He's the CEO of a pharmaceutical company. Of course he thinks it's a great idea. <laughs> um, but he's saying that uh, that anybody uh, that's 65 or over uh, should get a fourth shot, a second booster shot. Now, I'm not 65 yet. I'm only uh, going gonna, gonna to be 62 in June, so I'm not at that uh, age yet. But I'm going to tell you what. There comes a point. And I don't care how old you are. There comes a point where you just have to say enough, you know. And I said to my wife last night, and I am I am all for the vaccine. My wife and I have had arguments about the whole vaccine thing. Um, I am I am pro vaccine, but at some point, you say I've gotten, you know, three shots. I've got antibodies. You know, my body's ready for this. At some point, you just have to say it is what it is, right? You know, uh, so, you know. Look, I've got enough. I've I've gotten three shots, and the doctors say that you know what what it's going to do is it's go- it's not going to kill me. I'll get sick, 
but I won't have to be hospitalized and it's not going to kill me. I'm okay with that. <laughs> that's, that's all I wanted it for. Look, I know you can still get it, and I'm all right with that as long as it's not going to kill me. And they're saying that this fourth shot uh, for the seniors is going to be so that uh, they have a, a less less chance of getting infected to begin with. Look, at some we all get colds, we all get you know stomach viruses, we all are going to get sick at some point. But if you can be vaccinated against this so that you don't die, that's all that we can ask for. So if I even if I was 65, I'm not getting a shot. I'm not getting another shot. I'm done with this. Now, if they say three years from now is another strain or whatever, or you know, after three years the the vaccine is no longer good and you need a booster shot, I'll go get another one down the road. But Jesus, I just got the booster shot, you know, a couple of months ago. You know, I'm done with that. You know, I mean, and I I think people are weary of this. You know, and I think that's the other part of this, and you have to be very careful. You know, and I know when we go to get these shots that they're free for us, but believe you know, believe you me, Pfizer's getting money for this. They're getting paid by the insurance companies or by the federal government. You know, Pfizer's not doing this out of the goodness of of their heart. So if you think that Pfizer is just you know, uh, just looking out for mankind, bullshit. Excuse me, they're looking out for their bottom line. And as long as they can keep people get, keep getting boosters, they're going to keep getting paid by the insurance companies and by the federal government. You know, so I'm, I'm at a point now where, where I'm done with this. And you have to be careful if you're Pfizer or if you're or the federal government, you know, whether you're the CDC or whether you're the president or, you know, Anthony Fauci or whoever the hell it is. At some point, you have to be careful of the chicken little syndrome. You can't keep saying the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and, and expect people to listen to you. You've already, look, we know COVID kills people, and, you know, you people that are anti-vaxxers and, and, and people are dying, and you still want to say, well, I'm not getting the vaccine. Well, that's fine. You know, we already know how deadly this can be, and, you know, the, the uh, two-thirds of us here in the country that have, are fully vaccinated and have gotten the booster shot, you know what? We've done the smart thing. But you can't keep telling us the sky is falling because at some point people stop listening. And I think the problem is, is if you've got somebody like me that's all, all for the vaccine, at some point you, you look at it and you say, okay, enough's enough. You know, you can't keep telling me the sky is falling and, I'm, and expect me to continue to listen to you. So that's where I'm at as far as that goes. You know, like I said, a couple of years down the road, if I need another booster shot, you know, if they, if, if you could show me the evidence that says that, that uh, I don't have any antibodies left, that I need this to get this done, I'll go get it done. But I'm not getting it done now. You know, because that's, by the way, the, the first booster shot, it started out with people 65 and older. Next thing you know, it was, you know, everybody. Everybody needs a booster shot. You know, so at some point, you got to be careful about your message here. All right, uh, and, and speaking of the vaccine and COVID, that has become a hot topic in Major League Baseball for two reasons. Number one, uh, teams that have to cross the border to play in Toronto, if you are not fully vaccinated, you can't go. So that's problem number one. And I hadn't thought about this until I read about it the other day. Problem number two is if you are the New York Mets or you are – the uh, uh, New York Yankees, you got guys that can't play home games 
if they're not vaccinated. Remember what's been going on with Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets. He hasn't been able to play in half his team's games because he is not vaccinated. And New York has a mandate for private employers, and that doesn't. And and by the way, a baseball team or a basketball team is a private employer, so it 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 applies to them as well. That they're, and it doesn't matter whether you're indoors or outdoors. If you're not vaccinated, you can't go to work. You have to work remotely. Well, you can't play baseball or basketball remotely. So the New York Yankees are facing problems where they could have guys that can't play home games, as well as can't go to Toronto. And by the way, it also applies to other teams that are coming into New York. If you're not vaccinated, you can't play either. So uh, there's that. And yesterday in a news conference down in Tampa, Florida, when Aaron Judge was asked point blank about it, all he said was, I'm still focused on getting to the first game of spring training. So I think we'll cross that bridge after the time comes. But right now, so many things could change, so I'm not really too worried about that right now. So the answer is, are you vaccinated, Aaron Judge? Of course, he won't answer the question, but by answering it the way he did, we know what the answer is. The answer is, no, no, I'm not. And um, I am counting on my uh, team leadership to go to City Hall and, and get it figured out so that I don't have to get vaccinated because that's what's going on. Randy Levine is in the mayor's office and saying, hey, 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 you can't do this to us. Well, we're the New York Yankees. Don't you know who we are? You can't do this to us. We're the Yankees. Well, let me tell you something, folks. The New York Yankees are no different than the Brooklyn Nets or the New York Mets or the New York Knicks or anybody else who plays in the city of New York. So I don't care if you're the New York Yankees. If you're not vaccinated, your guys aren't playing. Maybe that will change between now and the start of the season. But as of right now, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Judge ain't playing. And and as far as we know, you know, we don't know who else. But we know Aaron Judge is a problem. So can you imagine if the season starts and Aaron Judge is unavailable for home games? I mean, if you're Aaron Judge, don't you need to shut the hell up and go get vaccinated? You know? Um, They open the season against the Boston Red Sox on April 7th. So can you imagine your opening season, opening games are against your arch rivals, and Aaron Judge isn't in uniform because the game is in Yankee Stadium and he can't play. How's that going to go over with New York fans? Hmm? You know, and I don't want to hear about, well, it's the mayor's fault. It's not the mayor's fault. Look, it's it's a rule that they've got for everybody. This isn't about t- picking on the Yankees. This is everybody. And every city has handled this whole COVID thing differently. And then you look at the Red Sox. So, you know, uh, it's come down about, you know, the fact that they can't go to Toronto if they're not vaccinated. Well, guess what? Xander Bogarts wasn't vaccinated last season. Guess what? He is now. Uh, down in Fort Myers, talked to reporters yesterday and said, yep, let's, he said, yes, I am. So get that question out of here. Christian Arroyo was not vaccinated last year. Guess what? He is now, too. Kevin Ploiecki was not vaccinated last year. He's vaccinated as well. 
So as far as we know, there are probably only two other players on the Red Sox team that we know of that aren't vaccinated, and that would be Chris Sale and Josh Taylor. We don't even know if Josh Taylor is going to be on the team based on the fact that with the recent signings the Red Sox made uh, uh, with uh, Jake Diekman, he becomes the uh, the primary lefty uh, that you need out there. Uh, in addition to uh, uh, signing Matt Strom. So we don't know if Josh Taylor is going to be on the team, but Chris Sale's a big deal. So and, and And by the way, if they're not vaccinated and they can't go to Toronto – uh, they'll be put. They can be put on the restricted list for that series. They could lose pay. They could lose service time. You know, and this is a big deal. If you are a guy like Aaron Judge, who's set to hit free agency next year, if you lose service time when you can't play those nine games in Toronto, and if they put you on the restricted list for a homestand and you can't play in those games in Yankee Stadium and you're not available to your team, your team can say, we're not giving you that service time because it's going to be up to the teams. And if they say, no, we're not giving you that service time, Aaron Judge may not become a free agent next year. If he, if he has to miss 81 home games in Yankee Stadium and the nine games in Toronto, he would miss 90 of the 162 games. He would be available for less than half the games for the New York Yankees. Now, could things change with the rule in the city of New York between now and then? Yes, but as it stands right now, this guy, if he stays healthy, would play 72 games. Think about that. 90 games he would be unavailable because he refuses to get vaccinated. Great teammate. You know, and look, uh, Xander Borgards just came flat out and said, look, you know, uh, it was important. You know, I need to be available. Um, so, you know, and, and Alex Cora says, you know, yesterday he said, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Cause you know, we don't, we don't, he doesn't want to talk about the Chris sale thing. You don't want to piss off the guy who is, uh, potentially the ace of your staff, but that's a big deal. He needs to get vaccinated. You know, I know he dances to the, the the beat of his own drummer. But I'm sorry, because that also means that, you know, not only you're not available for those games in Toronto, which, by the way, are coming up in April, you wouldn't be available for that opening series in New York either because you're not vaccinated. And if Aaron Judge can't play a home game, that means that uh, if Chris Sale's not vaccinated, he can't play either. So it's a big deal. But I think... You know, we're going to see this, especially with uh, uh, with the New York and Toronto situations. Players have a decision to make. You know, do you look like an a-hole and look like a bad teammate because you refuse to get vaccinated and you can't be available for a, a number of your team's games? That does not send a good message, especially if you're a leader on a team. You know, when Chris Sale's supposed to be one of the leaders on the Red Sox, it's not a good look. It's a bad, bad look for Aaron Judge. You know, Aaron Judge is a guy the Yankees need. Jesus, the guy hit 290 last year. He was, what, fourth in the MVP voting? So uh, stay tuned, you know, and uh, good luck to Randy Levine. Uh, and if he manages to get this change, it may not – and it, look, it's not going to be – it won't be Randy Levine. It'll be because infections are down in this country. The problem is when you look globally, 
They said the number of cases in China has increased like 300%. In the UK, they're up about 50-something percent. You know, they're saying there could be another wave of this coming. There's another variant that's, uh, they said it's more contagious or, you know, spreads faster, but it's not any worse than the Omicron. It's not like you're going to get any sicker. It's just, you know, it's found a way to infect people a little bit better. Um, so, you know, we could see numbers start to spike here in the United States. And if that happens, there's no chance in hell that New York is going to relax its requirements. So it'll be a fascinating thing to watch how this works out. Uh, but as of right now, with the exception of Chris Sale, it seems like all the important players on the Red Sox have done the right thing. You know, nothing against Josh Taylor, but, you know, the Red Sox can live without Josh Taylor. So, uh, and, and, you know, Major League Baseball has also said, by the way, and, and, and this, is, this, is, this is one thing I don't understand. Major League Baseball is requiring coaches and people in the front office, et cetera, to be vaccinated, fully vaccinated, if they want access to restricted areas, which is basically being on the field near the players and being in the clubhouse with the players. If you're not vaccinated, you can't be around them. It's mandated. So a guy like Brian Butterfield, who's the third base coach for the Angels right now, can't be around his players because he refuses to get vaccinated. Well, what I don't understand is if they're going to require that for coaches – and front office people, et cetera, et cetera, to be around players. Why isn't there a player mandate? Well, you know why? Because there's a, there's a union. That's why. We've just went through. We, and we know how strong that union is. We just went through this whole thing. But if they're going to mandate it for coaches, it should be mandated for players as well. You know, and this isn't, this isn't about, uh, you know, negotiations on a contract of, you know, who gets how much money. This is about doing the right thing uh, for people's health. And, you know, some of the some, there's a lot of coaches that are pissed about this, the fact that it is not uh, across the board, that it's just <laughs> the coaches that are mandated. I can't argue with them. I can't argue with that rationale at all. So, uh, so stay tuned. It's going to be fun in Yankee Stadium to see what happens uh, with Aaron Judge. You know, and this is a guy that is beloved by that team and by those fans. If he's not available for 90 games, does he does he suddenly become a pariah to Yankee fans? And look, and we we shouldn't even be talking about this. If you're Aaron Judge, you can stop all this bull right now. Go get a needle in your arm, go get stuck, get the second shot. Uh, two weeks later so that you are fully vaccinated. If you don't want to get the booster, that's fine, but you need to get those first two shots, and if you do that, this all goes away. Same thing with Chris Sale. Just it goes away. Look, and I had, you know, I've had three shots, and, you know, with the exception of one shot where I was a little tired for a day and I slept a little bit more, I had no problems with the shot. My arm was sore. And the injection site. So you know what? If you're Chris Sale and you're left-handed, you pitch with your left hand, go get the shot in your right arm so it's not on your pitching arm. I mean, seriously. You know, I mean, so there there comes a point where you just, you know, you got to cut the crap and you can stop all the noise just by doing the right thing. 
30 minutes past the hour. we got to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 32 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Wednesday morning, the 16th day of March, the last day, folks, without baseball. We will have baseball every day now through uh, uh, through the end of October. Uh, so today is the last day. There won't be action going on on the field uh, spring training games start tomorrow. The Red Sox will actually play the Tampa Bay Rays uh, tomorrow afternoon. There's only a couple of games tomorrow, but everybody else gets into action um, on Friday. So that is exciting. I, it's, my, my wife says last night, because I was you know, kind of vibrating about it, my wife's like, you're like a, a small child in a grown man's body. I, okay, guilty as charged. You know, She said, you just love that game too much. I, I disagree that it's too much, but... You know, we're all entitled to our opinion, but uh, uh, Nate Valdi, by the way, is supposed to start on Saturday for the Red Sox. He's going to end up getting about four starts, probably four starts before uh, the regular season starts. We'll probably will line him up for game one for the Red Sox. Nick Pavetta is going to uh, uh, get the second or the Sunday game, so that might line him up for uh, the second game of the season. Uh, because he'll probably get four starts. Look, we're not going to see uh, starting pitchers go very deep into games. You know, the hope is, is you know, in four starts, you can get yourself up to 85, 90 pitches. Well, Jesus, the way they pitch in games now, there's guys that are 80, at 80 pitches in three innings. So uh, unless they are very, very efficient, we won't see anybody early in the season uh, go five innings. But uh, uh, be that as it may, um, uh, last day without games. Can't wait. Uh, more Yankee news from last night. Uh, just as I was getting ready to go to bed last night, uh, word came down that the Yankees re-signed Anthony Rizzo to a two-year contract, $32 million, uh, to play first base for the Yankees this coming year. Rizzo, who came to the Yankees last uh, July in a trade with the Chicago Cubs, um, hit two forty-eight last year, 22 homers, 61 runs batted in. Uh, he hit 249 for the Yankees with a uh, 768 OPS in 49 games. Uh, the best thing about Anthony Rizzo is his glove. He's won a couple of glow gloves. He is a great fielding first baseman. Uh, the guy that gets screwed in this deal is Luke Voigt. Because now where is Luke Voigt going to play? You know, and, and here's the thing. You know, the other guy that's affected by this is DJ LeMahieu. There was talk, you know, with when they got Josh Donaldson to play third and uh, Kaina Falefa is going to play shortstop, they're going to move Gleyber Torres to second base. The thought was, okay, well, then LeMahieu and and Voigt, maybe they uh, uh, platoon at first base and then LeMahieu can play second and third, uh, you know, so he becomes kind of like a super utility guy and he plays all over the place. Well, you know, and he played a lot of first base last year. Well, now Rizzo is going to play every day. They're not going to give Anthony Rizzo $16 million a year to platoon with D.J. LeMahieu. So now all of a sudden, where are the at-bats coming from from D.J. LeMahieu? And look, LeMahieu signed through 2026. It's not like he's going to. there's anything that he can do about it. He's making $15 million a year through 2026. But now a guy that, you know, look, during the, uh, the COVID-shortened season, he led the league in hitting. I know it was only 50 games, but he hit like 360. This is a guy who is a career 300 hitter. I know he had a down year last year. I think he only hit 268 last year. 
But, you know, as I said, the COVID year, he led the league in hitting. The year before that, I think he hit 325. This is a guy that is a perennial 300 hitter, and you gotta, you have to get him at bats. So where are they going to come from? You know, uh, does it uh, does it become a thing where it's a rotating thing where everybody gets a day off on the infield so that LeMahieu can continue to get at bats? I mean, you need this guy uh, at the top of your lineup. He makes contact. You know, and uh, uh, and and by the way, he's a good defender. He is a great defensive second baseman. He turned out to be a more than adequate first baseman as well. And he is a, a, a decent third baseman. This is a guy that you need to have in your lineup. So they're going to have trouble finding at-bats for LeMayu. As for Voigt, um, he's arbitration eligible this year. He made, what, four, about $4 million last year. Um, he's under team control until 2025. It tells me Luke Voigt's on his way out the door. I think the Yankees are going to try to pull off some kind of a trade uh, to move Luke Voigt. You know, uh, you know, Voight had some injury issues last year, but again, you know, uh, he's a guy that can hit you 20, 25 bombs a year, maybe more. Well, hell, in the in the, uh, the the COVID season, what he hit 22 homers in 50 games. I think he had 20 last year in an injury shortened season. You know, but if if he if he has a chance to play every day, you know, maybe this is a guy uh, that. Uh, a team that doesn't want to spend a lot of money, a team like the Colorado Rockies, which right now are searching. It's funny, somebody that he, he, they've been involved in the Chris Bryant talks. I don't see that happening at all. But I'll tell you what, Luke Voigt would be a nice fit in Colorado. The guy's got some pop. You know, maybe he goes to play there. Uh, he might be a good fit for, you know, um, I don't know. You know, again, teams with low payroll, the Detroit Tigers. Now, I know they have Miguel Cabrera, but he DHs most of the time. Maybe he could go play for the Tigers. Maybe he could play for Pittsburgh or or the Marlins. Uh, but uh, I think Luke Voigt's on his way out the door. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, again, Rizzo doesn't scare me offensively very much. I mean, look, Rizzo's a, I think he's like a career 250 hitter, something like that. Well, no, I take that back. He's uh, he's a career 268 here. He's a little bit better than I thought. 251 career home runs. But uh, he doesn't strike fear into the hearts of men as far as uh, his bat goes. He's a solid hitter. Strikes out a lot. Um, but uh, he, he doesn't scare me. You know, it's kind of like Joey Gallo. You know, he's an all-or-nothing kind of guy. Now, it'll be interesting when the shifts – now, it's not going to happen this year with the shifts. I think they don't change – do away with the shifts until 2023. It's going to be interesting for guys like Gallo who get shifted on all the time if it's really going to make that big a difference. The stat nerds will tell you that are trying to defend the shift that it isn't going to make that big a difference. By the way, I always – I laugh at that when when they have all these analytics people trying to uh, to say, well, you know, banning the shift really isn't going to change things that much. You know, and they'll try to tell you, well, you might, might give you four or five hits a year. It's not going to be that much. That's like the fox telling you that the hen house is safe because the analytics people live for the shift. They created the shift. Well, they didn't create it, but they have made the shift a monster. You know, something that got done occasionally with one or two batters has now become something that happens with every batter. You're shifting somebody somewhere, and it's because it's the analytics nerds that have told you that this is the way things need to happen. If the shift suddenly goes away, half half their job is gone. You know, 
So it seems to me it's kind of uh, uh, crazy to have the uh, uh, the nerds telling you whether the shift makes sense or not because they are the reason we have the shift to the degree that we have it. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. But I And I think I saw a stat like, like uh, Gallo got shifted like 97% of the time or something like that. It's nuts. Uh, so we'll see whether it makes a difference. But, you know, again, as far as Rizzo goes, it's a solid signing for the Yankees. I You know, and, and now Luke Voigt's going to be looking for a place to play because they are not getting rid of D.J. LeMahieu. I mean, could they? Yeah, I mean, I guess $15 million a year for a guy that's a 300 hitter, but he is too valuable because he can play all around that infield. So D.J. LeMahieu's going nowhere. But it seems to me Luke Voigt is a guy uh, uh, that – might be on his way out. I mean, the Yankee payroll is going to be through the roof anyway. Uh, it's projected now that the Mets, Yankees, and Dodgers are all going to be far north of that uh, uh, luxury tax threshold. I mean, they're talking about the the Met payroll could be something up around two hundred and eighty five million dollars. the The threshold, folks, is like two thirty. They're saying the Mets are going to be up around two eighty five. The Dodgers are going to be around two seventy, and so are the Yankees. So, I mean, and uh, in arbitration, you know, Voight might get a raise. I don't know, maybe four, a little over four last year. Maybe he gets that again. Maybe he gets a little bit more. But uh, so we'll see. But I think Luke Voigt's unfortunately going to be uh, looking for a new home. And then, of course, that means that the Yankees are going to be out on Freddie Freeman. They don't need Freddie Freeman if they have Anthony Rizzo. So now the, you know, conjecture is where where is he going to go? And all of a sudden news came down. John Heyman drops yesterday that the Red Sox are suddenly in the mix which makes no sense to me. The Red Sox don't need Freddie Freeman. Look, is Freddie Freeman a bad, would be he be a bad signing? Well, no, I mean, because he's a great clubhouse guy. He's 32 years old, depending on how long the contract is. Look, he's still a very, very dangerous hitter. And, you know, I suppose that, uh, uh, you know, it means that you don't have confidence in Bobby Dahlbeck. The problem is you have Tristan Cassis coming. And Tristan Cassis right now, by most experts, is ranked as the number two first base prospect in all of minor league baseball. And is a guy that if he's not up this year, he'll be up next year. Now, J.D. Martinez's contract, I think, is up this year, so he'd be gone. So you could have Freddie Freeman and Cassis, and you could still have Bobby Dahlbeck if you wanted. And next year, you know, you're rotating the DHs or whatever. But it just, to me, it doesn't make any sense for Freddie Freeman to come to Boston. I have nothing against Freddie Freeman. If the Red Sox were going to sign one of the uh, premier free agents left out there, it's not Freddie Freeman I want him to sign. It's Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant is the not, is the guy that they need to go after. Why? Because there is flexibility with Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant can play third. He can play all three of the outfield positions, and he can play first. Hell, he's played shortstop at times. Not that you'd want to put him there. But he can play either of the corners on the infield, and he can play all three outfield positions. The Red Sox need another outfielder without question. You know, just look if 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 JBJ, we know how great his defensive, but as JBJ has another year at the plate like he had with the Milwaukee Brewers last year, or he has one of those where he goes into that funk, you know, for a long time and and can't hit his way out of a wet paper bag. You need an alternative, a steady alternative, and Chris Bryant would be perfect. You know, and then it gives you an opportunity to spell Rafi Devers at third, uh, and not have to worry about what you're going to do there. Uh, you can then put uh, uh, Kike Hernandez plays second base on a regular basis. You know, then maybe Arroyo becomes your utility guy in the infield. So to me, that's what makes sense. 
You know, and Chris Bryant's a guy that, you know, at Fenway Park, you know, Chris Bryant's going to hit you a bunch of home runs. He might lead the league in doubles in Fenway Park. You know, with that, uh, you know, with that big uh, left field wall and uh, the right-handed power he's got, he's going to, he could ding a lot of balls off that, that monster. And I'm sure he could hit plenty over as well. I mean, this is a guy at Fenway. I could easily see him being a 25 to 30 home run guy, uh, hitting, hitting you 40 plus doubles a year. Uh, driving in 100 runs, hitting 280, 290. I would love to see Chris Bryant in a Red Sox uniform. Now, he's been linked most uh, often to the Phillies and the Rockies. I don't think the Phillies are real serious. but uh, I mean, the Rockies are serious, but the Phillies, uh, he would fit in nicely there. Uh, he's friends with uh, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper has made no bones about the fact he would love to see Chris Bryant there. But I'll tell you what, if I'm Hein Bloom, the guy I want, is Chris Bryant, and just just for the flexibility alone, he would be an absolutely perfect fit. Uh, and uh, we mentioned Freddie Freeman. The Braves yesterday gave uh, Matt Olson, Freddie Freeman's replacement in Atlanta, eight years, $168 million. And Alex Anthopoulos told Matt Olson as soon as the trade was made, when he talked to Olson on the phone, he said, look, my next call is going to be to your agent. He made it clear that they wanted to lock him up for a long time, and they did. He's 27 years old. He will now be in a Braves uniform through at least 2029, and there is a $20 million club option for 2030. He's 27 years old. You're, you're getting his age 27 through 35 years. That is perfect. You are going to get his prime years in Atlanta. You know, And this is a guy that is a gold glover. This is a guy that can you know, hit 30 bombs. It can drive in 100 runs. The Atlanta Braves fans, I know how much they love Freddie Freeman. I get it. Uh, but he's also, look, you know, Olsen's a local kid. He grew up in the Atlanta suburbs, you know. And uh, I think Atlanta fans are going to love Matt Olson. They just need to give him a chance. And I think, you know, and all it's going to take, a couple of big hits, a couple of uh, scoops at first base or great plays over at first base, and they're going to go, oh, Oh, this may have been an upgrade. Now, offensively, it may not be as big an upgrade, but defensively, you know, Freddie Freeman was an average first baseman. Matt Olson is an elite first baseman. And and Olson knows, you know, that he's got his hands full, and he said yesterday in a press conference, he said, look, you know, he said, uh, Freddie's amazing. He said, but I'm here to be Matt Olson. <laughs> he said, uh, that's all I can control. So, I mean, he's fully aware uh, of what he's got in front of him. Uh, but I think Atlanta fans uh, just are going to fall in love with Matt Olson, and I hope so because he's going to be there for a long, long time. 47 minutes past. Yeah, we've got to take another break. Back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 49 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Wednesday morning. I mentioned this yesterday, but just a reminder, we will have no show tomorrow. Uh, my wife and I will be uh at uh, the North Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles, getting our driver's licenses and registrations, et cetera. Finally, after uh, after being here for uh, almost four months, we can uh, finally get our get our license. It's just crazy. I mean, I I get it. I mean, the whole COVID thing, and you know, you got to get appointments. But geez, good lord, uh, you know, I mentioned you know Chris Bryant. I really would love to see him in a Boston uniform. I just think that it, it makes sense. You know, if you're concerned at all about that outfield and uh, with JBJ, whether he's going to be able to hit or not, um, you know, whether Jaron Duran is going to be able to be an option in the outfield this year, 
you know, what does that so what does that look like? You know, for the Red Sox and to me, the guy that makes sense just is it, Bryant because of the flexibility, and they love to be able to move guys around. And Chris Bryant, a guy that can play all over the field, makes perfect sense. And it's interesting. I haven't seen a lot of chatter about that in the Boston media. Um, everybody seems, you know, when you look on social media and, and, and things, it looks like everybody is enamored uh, with the idea of Freddie Freeman. And, you know, again, I have nothing against Freddie Freeman. Uh, but Freddie Freeman is uh, 32, and Freddie Freeman is a first baseman or a DH. That's what he is, you know, and that, which is fine. But when you have guys in your pipeline like Tristan Cassis or like Bobby Dahlbeck, look, and, and I think the problem with Dahlbeck is they think that everybody remembers the struggles that he had early in the season last year, and they don't remember the fact that over the last six or seven weeks of the season, he was tearing the cover off the ball and was suddenly a very, very dangerous hitter at first base. You know, and with Cassis, who is considered by many as one of the best first base prospects in the minor leagues, it it I get it. You know, so I don't. I I guess I don't understand why uh, people are enamored with Freddie Freeman. You know, I mean, other than the fact maybe you're trying to match what the Yankees did with with uh, Anthony Rizzo, and I'm not sure that that that's going to move the needle. But that's just me. That's just me. I, I, I hope that it happens. Uh, one other quick Red Sox note before uh, we uh, move on to a couple other things before we get out of here. Uh, the Red Sox did announce uh, yesterday changes to their uh, uh, broadcasting team for the year. And uh, Kevin Millar and Kevin Euclid are going to be joining uh, the Red Sox booth. They'll continue the three-man booth that they had with Eck and uh, the late Jerry Remy. Uh, and add Kevin Euclid and Kevin Millar to the mix, as well as Tony Maserati. Now, I will say this. I know Tony a little bit. I mean, we're not friends, but I know him a little bit. Uh, I worked at, uh, in the press box at Fenway for five years and had a chance to talk to him quite a bit. Personally, I think the guy is funny as hell. I like him. Um, what I, you know, I, I'm not, I am not a fan of his radio work. I will say that. Uh, when he... Uh, uh, made the move to go to uh, uh, the Sports Hub 98.5 FM that uh, started back in 2009. I think he uh, goes out of his way to be controversial, and I think he says some stupid things. But I think he's, I mean, but he, and the thing is, is he's not a stupid guy. He's a smart guy, uh, and he is humorous. I think he, he might be okay. Um, I just hope that he dials down uh, that, uh, uh, that radio persona that he's got on 98.5. But I think uh, Kevin Millar, he, he tell you, he's a loose cannon. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see what uh, Kevin Millar comes up with. Well, you know, you watch him on the Major League Baseball Network. and uh, So he may end up being very entertaining. Euclid, uh, uh, I, I listened to him a couple of games with the Red Sox last year when he filled in. He was fine. He was fine. But uh, – uh, you know, it'll be kind of good. I mean, both those guys were part of the uh, 2004 Red Sox that won the World Series. Um, so, uh, of course, Dave O'Brien back uh, for his seventh year as play-by-play, and uh, and Eck will be doing his 20th season, and he's uh, Eck's going to be on most of the games, which is great because Eck is just the best. I just uh, I can't I just I can't get enough Dennis Eckersley. 
uh, in my mind. It, look, and he understands the game too. The difference, be, the thing I love about Eck is his his vocabulary and some of the stuff he comes up with. Just it it just it kills you. It kills you. A couple of hockey notes, by the way. Alex Ovechkin uh, passed Yarmir Yager yesterday for third. On the NHL uh, goal list, he has now got 767 goals. Uh, past Yarmir Yager. Next up is the uh, legendary Gordy Howe. And then, of course, uh, Wayne Gretzky. He's 35 goals behind Gordy Howe, 128 away from breaking Gretzky's record. I never thought anybody would ever do that. And it looks like Ovechkin is going to do that. Uh, and I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, uh, it's going to take Ovechkin more games than it took Gretzky, but uh, it just it bugs me. Uh, why? But you know, and I, because why? Because and maybe this is recency bias. Uh, but Alex Ovechkin is a Vladimir Putin supporter, you know, and it just bugs the crap out of me. You know, I mean, it just uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Hockey's an international game. He's not the only Russian to ever play in the NHL. So I guess I need to get over it. Uh, but uh, to me, uh, Wayne Gretzky was just uh, watching Wayne Gretzky play hockey was the greatest thing ever. And I'm a big Gordie Howe fan as well. Got to meet Gordy a few times in my life. And uh, what a gentleman. What a funny dude. And as, the, as I've said on the air here, uh, the strongest handshake I have ever encountered in my life. I mean, when I, the, the last time I saw Gordie Howe, he was probably 70 years old. And I was in my 30s. And I, sh- <laughs> when he saw me and he came up and shook my hand, I I thought I thought my hand was broken, you know, just a casual handshake. This guy was uh, unbelievable. Uh, so uh, big fan of both Howe and Gretzky. So it, it, part of me uh, is is kind of sad to see that about to happen. Uh, the Bruins win last night. Boy, I talk about a team on a roll. Uh, they are ten one and one in their last twelve games. They beat the Chicago Blackhawks last night two to one. They outshot the Blackhawks forty eight to twenty. And only scored two goals. Mark Andre Fleury was absolutely ridiculous in goal for uh, Chicago. Kept him in the game all night. But uh, Matt Grizzlick with a goal of 140 overtime assist from Taylor Hall. Uh, Hall assisted on both Bruins goals last night. Uh, and the Bruins stay hot. They just uh, they are the hottest team in hockey, uh, bar none. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back on Friday with another edition of the wake up call. And guess what? On Friday we'll be able to talk baseball because the Red Sox play the Rays. Uh, the first spring training game on Thursday. So we'll actually be able to talk about some baseball on Friday. I am I am so excited. I can't believe it. I'm like a little kid, just like my wife said. Uh, we leave you this morning with some music from Colin Ray. That's my story. We'll see you on Friday. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.